Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year. I'm your host, Greg. Ryan, what are we doing here today? Shit. Greg, I thought you were going to throw it to me in like 10 minutes nope. from now. I, none of my papers are in order. I, I, am, I am absolutely confused because this we are talking about 2019, right? right. We are talking about movies of, of the year. Right. Okay. And so you would think we're just doing the same thing we're always doing. Yeah. You'd be wrong, Greg. Yeah. You'd be wrong. Uh, the board has not yet gotten us the uh, bracket for the uh, 2019 movie of the year. But we don't have time to start a new season. No. So what we're going to do is we're going to spend a couple of weeks prepping for what we think might be on there, sort of filling some blind spots that we might have in the year. Okay. So just going through some of the movies of 2019. Right. And talking about them. Mike, do you agree to do this? I, you know what? I came in just ready to disagree with everything, but this sounds good. (laughs) This sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) Are we still competing for your love and approval? Because it it is made fresh anew every day, and so you guys have to once again win it. I think that's very important. Of course, not here tonight is Taylor, because Taylor refuses to talk about 2019 in any capacity. It's not that we're doing a Chinese movie. It's it's not it has nothing to do with that. It's about the year. Uh, do you guys think that you have a lot of blind spots, or did you do a good job this year? I did. I did okay. My big year where I saw, I felt like every movie was 2018. But 2019, I actually had a job for a lot of it, and so <laughs> I did okay. But um, I don't know. I feel like I probably could have done better. How about you guys? Yeah, I feel feel pretty the same. There was a lot of big uh, superhero events throughout the year, so I yeah. crushed those. But like all like the little <laughs> indies, like uh-huh. I definitely saw Booksmart, saw Us, which somehow was still this year. But uh, yeah, there, there, there's some gaps there. It is crazy to think that like the movie we're talking about tonight is Farewell, the, the Farewell. And that only came out in the summer. Uh-huh. That feels so long ago. Yeah. Like, I can't believe this movie came out in 2019. It came out in the middle of 2019. And was, like, it feels like a long t- time ago, too, because it had its own era. Like, there was a month that the world was just about the farewell. Yeah. For, for at least a movie of its, like, size and budget. Like, it was kind of a huge hit. Did you see it in theaters, you two? Yes, I did. Uh, I sort of had to. Like, especially because it... You can only see the superhero movies so many times. Yeah. Um, and it was such a nice, like, uh, explosionless movie. Like, a break from all that shit. Mike, did you see it in theaters? No, I don't know if you guys know, but I traveled around the world this summer. And I uh, was just constantly busy doing awesome things. And so I just couldn't see movies. So you didn't You didn't see... The point is that you did A good movie. Yeah. No. You had a stupid summer is what you're saying. Yes. Uh, let me ask you right off the bat. I think we all loved this movie, right? Yeah. This sure, is an amazing. Yes. This is an amazing movie. Uh, isn't it all ruined by the fact that the grandma has not died? <laughs> I was. It did. <laughs> what the fuck? If I didn't know that it was a true story, yeah, um, yeah, I would have. It felt like a like cheesy, shitty sort of ending. I mean, I don't. I never want anybody, obviously, to die, uh, especially not sweet old ladies. But <laughs> this movie took place six years ago. It's you should be dead by now. You're really ruining the denouement. <laughs> also, Greg, let's be careful what you wish for because if all sweet old ladies were still alive, this world would be messed up. All right, there'd be no resources, too many cheek pinches. Yeah, the the title uh, before the movie starts says based on a real lie, and you think that's like the lie of not telling the grandma she's alive. No, the lie is that she's still alive. This is all a fucking waste of sadness. This is like when a Make-A-Wish kid ends up pulling through. I gotta say, you should have gotten to meet A-Rod. Well, his wish was to have cancer cured, so <laughs> he made it. But yeah, it is weird because you're upset that she's still alive, and then you realize, 
You were wishing that she was dead? Yeah. Like, that's what well, you were hoping for? At the very end of the movie, when Aquafina goes like, huh, and then all the birds fly away in China, that's clearly supposed to be the grandma dying. Uh-huh. But instead, it's like, nope, that was six years ago. She was on the set of this movie. They had to keep lying to her about why they were making... That's a true thing. Why they were making this movie. Because this lady, obviously... Well, we'll get, we'll, we'll get into why she has been able to hang on. Because it might be central to what the point of the entire movie is but before we do that talking about grannies we have to talk about some of the most important grannies of pop culture history and to do it we're gonna have to put them up on mount rushmore mount rushmore Mount Rushmore is a mountain emblazoned with four of the founding fathers, Snap, Crackle, Pop, and, of course, Cap'n Crunch. But it fell down, and when they pulled it back up, it was totally broken. And now we have to replace it. (laughs) It was just big cracks all across Snapple and Pop, but then not actually crack, and that was ridiculous. So what we're going to do is we're going to replace it, and who better to replace these icons of American history than pop culture grandmas. <laughs> now, guys, famously, um, I didn't really have a relationship with any of my grandmas. Do you think that will make it hard for me to be a judge about on this? I do sort of want to talk about it and why they chose to make that the case. Yeah. Like, why did they pick not to get to know you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they both they together went on a motorcycle tour of the world, and they've been going very slowly, and they just haven't come back yet. They'll be back someday. They're going to buy those cigarettes, and they'll be back for you. Nana, Bam Bam, come home. I assumed it was when you were five, you set them next to each other, put a little like talk boy in the middle, and said, all right, let's figure out who's my favorite grandma of the week. And they both <laughs> were like, no, we're too old for that shit, and took off. My grandma's knew. Like my my grandma's both clearly knew which was the favorite and they uh-huh. were both fine with it. Like, yeah. If it if it was reversed, they both would have freaked out. I think, you know, you could really settle into being the second grandparent. There's a lot less expected of you. You still get to look at the kid. No shopping, like uh, yeah. birthday, Christmas is easy. It's like hand them cash or don't yeah. like, you just do nothing. You could probably only go over there sometimes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, who do you think should be on this Mount Rushmore of pop culture grannies i i think of like it's let's define granny right like it, it, it's somebody who you had that love but somebody who's never going to get in trouble somebody who kind of watches your back and helps mm-hmm. you along and you help them along and i'm gonna say it's grandma gilmore from yes. happy gilmore oh man the reason for the season i mean the movie doesn't happen if she that old bitch doesn't lose her house I feel like uh, most groups of guys are pretty deeply invested in the Gilmore Girls, and we are certainly no exception to that. <laughs> Grandma Gilmore definitely going right up there. Probably the, the comedic center of that entire show. <laughs> I do remember in one of Happy's, like, uh, he's like, I don't know, goes into like a dream state and thinks about all the bad stuff that's going to happen, and one of them is like her in his fantasy, like uh-huh. about to have sex with somebody else. <laughs> And I think that's his bad fantasy, right? That's not his good one. <laughs> that's where we got our Ben Stiller. Are we? So I was. Th- I thought you meant the the Gilmore grandma from Gilmore Girls. Uh, no, I meant from Happy Gilmore. From uh, Happy Gilmore. The Gilmore grandma is a fucking monster. From you know, the Gilmore Girls, she's a fucking tyrant. Those grandparents are the worst. But she's so funny. 
She, I've I've only like overheard the show while uh-huh. other people are watching it, and yeah, she seems like a fucking tornado of bitchiness. Well, she's a, she's a terrible person, but later maybe we'll talk about Nine Eye. Is Nine Eye all all good? Also, Gilmore's on TV. Oh, it ha- well, I thought it, oh, it has to be movies. Yeah. Okay. Well, she's already on the mountain. Okay, we've already started carving <laughs> her wrinkled visage on the mountain. Ryan, who do you got? Uh, I think that I'm going to throw out Nine Nine. I think th- this is the reason for the show today, and I think that she does such a good job. She's so memorable. Also, a shockingly low amount of grandmas in movies. Uh-huh. I-, I was surprised by that. Um, but yeah, I think that every once in a while, the reason we do the Rushmore, the person makes it on, and I think Nine Nine should. Well, there's no rule saying she can't, right? She encapsulates a lot of being a grandma. Yeah. Like, um, she's sweet and full of wisdom, but also she, like, is in charge of everybody, uh, mm-hmm. inclu- including her sister, who has to, like, live away from her husband to, like, <laughs> I guess, care for Nai-Nai. And she's blunt, and, I mean, luckily she's cute, but if she wasn't, it's th- a lot of the stuff she says is just rude. And, yeah. Like, that's so grandma to me. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as someone walks in the room, she's like, here's how you have to live your life. But she's so tiny. You're like, oh, that's very cute. Well, yeah, let's put her up on the mountain. All right. We wouldn't even have a show right. if it weren't for Nine Nine. We'd be sitting here talking about like couscous if it wasn't for her. <laughs> what a nightmare. Mike, there's two uh, slots left. Who do you got, bud? Uh, the Nine Nine before Nine Nine, uh, an ancient Chinese grandma who helped one of the best legends start when everybody else was telling. Young Mulan, she couldn't do what she wants. Grandma was like, look, if you're going to do what you want, take this fucking cricket with you. It'll help. I, <laughs> I know you want to be a boy. You know what? I'm just going to love you. And in that time, that culture, that's not that's pretty rare. But that's fucking grandma energy. Is Mulan just Pinocchio? Yeah, she also just wants to be a real boy. <laughs> she wants to be a real boy, yeah. <laughs> She's lying about who she really is. Um, I'm going to put her on the maybe pile. I think that is a, that's a pretty strong one. But I want to see what else is out there. That's also, fair. I'm not super familiar with Grandma Mulan, but I I know what you're describing, and it sounds like she's a solid lady. She is. So I have no <laughs> ill will towards her. Ryan, who do you think should go up on the mountain? I think because we're talking about movies, uh, we have to talk about uh, Aurora Greenway, who is Shirley MacLaine from two different movies. She was in Terms of Endearment, and then also there was a sequel called The Evening Star. Uh-huh. Let's focus on Terms of Endearment. Um. She's a grandma whose daughter uh, has two kids, and the mom dies of cancer. And it's uh, very, like, one of those weepy, you know, million Kleenex box movies. But uh, I think unlike movies like Beaches and shit like that, this one is truly, truly great. I think Uh this is an actual four-star movie. And Shirley MacLaine sort of had a career rebirth. Like, this is what she's now known for um, with this Aurora Greenway character. Do you think it would have hurt the drama of that movie if the daughter gets cancer. <laughs> but then at the end of the movie, she has not died. And then we say, also, she still hasn't died. Year, six years later, she still hasn't died. Do you think that would hurt the drama of that movie in any way? I think it would have been way, way better. <laughs> in Greg's head, grandparents exist to die. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have some other role? It's like pets. <laughs> Yeah, they teach you about death. Yeah, they just teach you about death. Sometimes sometimes you watch somebody go from virile to just like quaking and small, and then they die. They also (laughs) teach you about uh, the gift cards for all the holidays you didn't realize existed. Um, Terms of Endearment also has a special place in my heart, because uh, when I was a kid, I remember my mom saying that uh, Deborah Winger's kids reminded her of her kids. 
and there's a there's like an eight year old boy and a ten year old boy. And then I watched it a long time ago, and really the only standout scene for the two kids is they're in line at the grocery store, and the mom lets them buy candy bars, and then the mom doesn't have enough money, and she looks at the kids and like, I'm sorry, I can't afford it, and the, the little boy. My little brother says, that's okay, mommy. I'll put my candy bar back. <laughs> and the older son says, fuck that. I want my candy bar. And throws a tantrum in the grocery store. And that's what my mom thought of me. <laughs> and for that, she's going right up on the mountain. All right. Wow. Ryan. And you know what, Mike? I forgot to give you your point Ryan. earlier. Thank and that's you, that's you. terrible. And then, uh, Ryan, Ryan, that's your actual point right now. You got to, guys, got to keep me on my game. If we keep you on your game, you're going to yell at us and not give us yeah, points. Yeah, never, yeah. ever comment <laughs> on my game at all. <laughs> that was a test, Ryan, and you passed. Ryan. Congratulations. If you're the passenger in a car and the driver passes the freeway exit, you say nothing. <laughs> yeah. like you, you just be lost. You'll drive two states away before you say anything. All right, Mike, there's one spot left. There's a lot of pressure. I have a few possibilities, but I have to, I think, a ringer. Somebody who has had grandma energy since (laughs) she was, like, a young hot thing. BGE. And it's always, like, it's a parental role, but you can, the whole, you can be meaner, and you can give the kids candy even when the parents wouldn't do it. But uh, in The Princess Diaries 1 and 2 and possibly 3, Julie Andrews plays Anne Hathaway's grandma, the Queen of Monrovia. Uh-huh. Uh, and just really walks that stern but loving line. But Julie Andrews is a grandma. Mary Poppins is a fucking grandma energy. The chick from Santa Music <laughs> is grandma energy. It, it's it's she it's fucking Julie Andrews. So you're just throwing out Julie Andrews? <laughs> no, I'm well. I'm saying she is the grandma in the Princess Diaries. <laughs> I mean, she's always a grandma, but yes, her most iconic role, obviously, is the Princess, Princess Diaries. Diaries to a royal engagement. <laughs> well, I'm gonna put that on the maybe pile, Ryan. This is a steal for you. I gotta say. Okay, I, more, you, we want more iconic than the Princess Diaries. I am going to. This one's a little more recent. Uh, I'm going to one up Mike's Mulan uh-huh. and go with Moana. Yes, I'm going to go there with Grandma is. Tala. Yes, who uh, makes everything happen and just like perfect classic cartoon grandma, uh, like old and looks feeble but yes. funny and spry. Granny is spry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I have granny a little. Is like uh, kind of cr- like loves that she has a reputation for being crazy, right? Because uh, people leave her alone. Yeah, thinks that that's so cool. Tells Moana like you have to just be yourself. Like there's nothing more dangerous than settling, dude. There it is, Moana. Such a good movie, <laughs> and I'm always down to talk about it. Ryan, Ryan, who is on our Mount Rushmore our of Ma- grannies? Our Mount Rushmore of movie grannies is Grandma Gilmore from Happy Gilmore, Nine Eye from The Farewell. Aurora Greenway from Terms of Endearment, and Tala from Moana. Wow. What a great mountain. I cannot wait to gaze upon it. When we come back, we are going to get into talking about The Farewell. The Farewell is a powerful, thought-provoking, beautiful, intense, soulful tour de force, and probably most moviegoers have no idea what the hell it is. And it actually did well for an arthouse movie. Based on the real-life story of writer, director, Lulu Wang, and first relayed on our sister podcast, This American Life, they do good work over there. Please give them a shot, everybody. The Farewell tells the story of the young American Billy as she returns to China to say goodbye to her grandmother, Nai Nai, who has terminal cancer. The twist is that no one has told Nai Nai she is dying because that's not how they roll in China, and what unfolds is a story about the lies we tell our families and the weirdness inherent in every part of life, death, and ceremony across cultures. Every shot is beautiful to the point of literal distraction, the acting is superb, and the script is deft, alive, and real. Our turn to 2019 movies begins here, and it already feels like an amazing year for cinema. 
So, gentlemen, this is obviously a movie about truth and lies, but what is it ultimately saying about fibbing? Does the end of the movie declare a winner in the true v. lies debate? First of all, that was, like, Farewell is probably blushing right now because that <laughs> heartfelt intro you did. That was amazing. Um, yeah, I think that w- we are supposed to focus on the comedic, like, the absurdity of the main lie. Yeah. Um, but I do think the movie spends a lot of time... Uh, not shining a light, but having in the background how we're all fucking lying to everyone mm-hmm. all the time. You know, these are the people we're supposed to be closest to, and it's the most lying we lying. do. Yeah, it starts off with uh, the phone call between Billy yes. and Nene. <laughs> she's just lying to her left and right about right. what is going on. And yeah. Then, and, but, and she's the biggest character. She's like, you shouldn't lie to your family ever, but that's all she does because she, she doesn't want to tell them about the Guggenheim Fellowship. Like, it's... You can always justify lying to your family because it's quote-unquote better for them. Always better for them. Doesn't Th- they are who you're worried about? And doesn't the movie make the point? Maybe it's too obvious to even say, but that the closer you are to somebody, the more you lie, uh-huh. Uh-huh. because like the more stuff they know about you. So then, like, yeah, you're just constantly layering in these very mo- minor lies. They we watch them lie to each other just very simply about where the other person is while having the initial phone call. And that's like our first impression of the movie. I mean, it's it's not this family. It's not Chinese families. It's all families. Like, the, everyone wants to paint their own picture of themselves, even in somebody like a group this tight knit. There's a a line early on in the movie where uh, Billy doesn't know that her grandma's sick, but her parents do, and yeah. they're acting weird. Yeah, and th- her dad's just sitting out on the edge of the bed, and she says, uh, "Have you been drinking?" Yeah, and there is a drunk scene later, but she says it in such a way where. That's a that's a secret and a lie that we tell each other that he clearly does or used to have a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like not all the way to the point, I guess, where it would be like a complete meltdown if he had another drink. But he clearly has alcohol issues that have been like addressed and discussed. And then we kind of watch him drink the rest of the movie. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> like, it's why he went to China. Like, yeah, it's not, like this is uh, my mother dying is a perfect excuse for me to get shit faced. There is a scene during the the wedding, which is like, the wedding is kind of perfect all throughout, Um, but there is a scene actually during the wedding where uh, Billy looks over at her dad, and she's like, she looks at like how many people are in the room, and she's like, do these people all know? And he's like, "Uh, actually, I think most of them don't know. And she looks down to the food, and you've just like, now you like think of every small detail that you've seen so far, and she's just like... Oh my god, this is the like this lie has been so big. Like we actually had a wedding everybody. They're like most of the people here think it's a real thing. Like this is such a huge lie. And the face of the kids getting married shows how uncomfortable that lie is. Yes. That, that 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 Japanese girlfriend is a fucking sport, man. Okay. <laughs> I want to dude, I have to agree with that. I want to see this movie from her perspective. <laughs> because she doesn't really speak much Chinese and she doesn't seem to understand a lot of what's going on. Obviously she knows why she's there. How weird would that whole thing be for you? You're in the middle of this intense family drama. You know this lady's dying. She doesn't even know. You're pretending to get married to this guy. I if I were her, I would be pissed because <laughs> Even though, even though it's all a lie, people still uh, assume that me, this very attractive, awesome girl, would marry yes! that shut over there. Yeah. Come on, people. What are that we doing? fucking goon. And he's the one who looks freaking sad about it? Yeah. I'm the one who can put on a, like, a smile, a brave smile? He's the one who can't even look at me? It looks like he's going to cry every 10 seconds? Maybe that's a secret lie. Is right before they all found out and had to do the secret wedding, she broke up with him. And he's like, look, for sure. But first, can we do this? <laughs> Listen, baby, faux show, but... But we do but, see... 
Go, Mike. So, so the, the 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 whole movie is like you have to lie a little lie, even though Billy is like Queen Truth and she's lying. I do think what we were talking about in the intro, even though because that's part of the real story, but because it happens immediately, it's not in the middle of the credits that we find that the real Nene is still alive. Uh-huh. It kind of feels like, oh, you should lie. Yes, this movie is I mean, pro-lying because it will prolong people's lives. It did seem to work, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. she, she was going to die. They cured her. She's they, still alive six years later. They cured her with deceit. Okay, <laughs> but I, I have a, another question, and I thought this would be hinted at in the movie. This is a theory I had from the trailer, and I thought it would be hinted at in the movie, but I think it's still possibly true. Nine Eye has to know she's got cancer, right? She knows she's horribly sick. Everybody in her family comes to see her. She did the same thing for her dad. Everybody Boom. in China does yeah. this every yeah. time. You just play your part. Mm-hmm. You when it is your turn for everyone to like quote lie to you, you also lie to them by being like, "Oh, I have no idea what's going on here." I think the scene that we would have to focus on in order to figure out what you're asking is they're all at the table watching her read the doctored doctor note yeah uh the family goes in and uh to somewhere they have some like forgery place that yeah, they know. <laughs> which they do in like two minutes yeah <laughs> oh let's go to our local forger <laughs> and uh they change it from you definitely have cancer bitch to uh what is it like ghostly but a benign, benign shadow benign shadows <laughs> which is an <laughs> awesome death metal band name um and so she reads it and they all watch her read it and she puts it down and she's like i told you and Everything about that is it's it's confusing. Yeah. It's hard to know if she knows or not. Well, that's the first time we hear the phrase "benign shadows." The sister is the one who talks to the doctor and comes out, and then Nine Eyes like, "What does that mean?" And the sister's like, "It means it's fine." And that's the moment she goes, "Okay, <laughs> like, yeah, I guess right. This, I'm gonna roll with this stuff." Like they do the test, and then they take your sister into another room, and then your sister comes out and says something you've never heard before, that you're 100% <laughs> fine because of benign shadows, which doesn't like convince you at all. You're like, wait, what? And then, and then she's like, no, you're fine. Let's go home. Everybody in the family's going to come say hello to you. You know what term you could have used? Uh, no cancer. Like that one would have <laughs> summed it up. But no, benign shadows. Uh, another a smaller moment like the the forged copy moment where everybody's staring at her is when uh, the married couple is taking absurdly bad wedding pictures and yes. for some reason Billy and Nine Eye are there and they're Billy Lilish. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you, you nailed it. <laughs> Shut <laughs> Give up. Give him a point. Uh, <laughs> I did. Uh, Billy looks sad and Nine Eye's like, "Oh, you know, when you get married, I'll throw you an even bigger banquet." And so it's heart crushing for Billy to hear that and for the audience to hear that, but yeah. also it's like. Was there a catch in night? Like, is Nine Eye like fully like I gotta say this and fuck my actual grandkid I care about? I'm not gonna be there for her wedding. I have to say I like that I very strongly believe that Nine Eye knows, and I really, really appreciate that the movie doesn't give any indication because I think that that would ruin it in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, the ultimately the audience is lied to by Nine Eye in the same way that her whole family is, which is. She has to know, but there's never a scene where even like she's in the bathroom and she looks in the mirror for an extra second and like sighs or something. there's nothing like that because she is so good in her role in that family that it it convinces even the movie. I think itself. maybe that's just part of like being that older generation, not in America at this current time, but uh-huh. in previous times and in other countries, it's sort of 
being smarter than everyone, but letting the last generation think that they're the first person to figure this shit out. And so she's just sitting there smiling. The way that she's sitting there smiling while Billy and the doctor are speaking English with her right there. And she Uh just has this goobery smile on, which means she either just got kicked in the head by a mule or she knows exactly what's happening and she's faking it the entire time. Because their faces aren't like, this is a normal conversation. Their faces are both so sad. And she's like, I guess they're just hitting on each other. Okay. (laughs) The kids love sadly hitting on each other, which is true online. In America, (laughs) they hit on each other so weird. (laughs) Kids just love being sad together. (laughs) All right. When we come back, we are going to get to a segment for just our Patreon listeners. And regular listeners, I got to tell you, this is not to upset you. It's just, it's true. It's going to be trivia. Oh, oh come on. Yeah, that's so I, unfair. That's just, a, it's luck of the draw. That's how it goes. Also, Greg, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell the normal listeners this, but most shows will uh, thank their Patreon listeners by name. Uh-huh. We're going to call out all of our non-Patreon <laughs> listeners. We're going to name everyone. <laughs> we fucking know who you are. <laughs> when Louis we- K, Reginald R, Grandma. When we come back, the accounting begins. I thought about taking the song that I sang for the Pop Filter Hall of Fame when we didn't have the soundtrack on the tram uh-huh. and playing it, but I thought that would be Dirty Pool. I mean, plus you have to give the tram controller, the yeah. conductor, uh, you have to give him that cassette. It, it only <laughs> plays cassettes. <laughs> and he really requires like a 24 hours of notice so he can listen to it and make sure it's okay. Yeah, he wants to master it, you know. Basically, he wants to make sure it's this song. (laughs) If it's not, he won't play it. But still writes out a long rejection letter. (laughs) He's not one of those rom-com tram conductors who lets you do whatever the fuck you want. Is it over? Nope, not yet. 15 seconds left. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Wait. Welcome to the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. And also we get to let him talk. Why The conductor just gets to talk? Is it weird that that's all he's ever said to us and we don't know his name? <laughs> he doesn't say... No, it's Professor Popov <laughs> and stuff. Well, here we are, our voices hushed uh, in the vestibule of our palatial pop filter because Hall of Fame. There's tourists in here looking at all the statues, yeah. so we don't want to interrupt that. We don't want to draw too much attention to ourselves now that I'm all scramble over here with their big sodas spilling them this way and that uh, and i love how they all went for the souvenir cup they yeah. paid the extra ten dollars <laughs> we'll use this cup every day i promise i will give it to my grandchildren. i'm gonna get married in this cup <laughs> well guys we have come to perhaps put new entries into the pop filter hall of fame um it, this is the hall of fame for things that we love right the things that we're interested in but we decided to record it and have everyone listen to it. Yeah, because we want to expose everybody to it. Right. Uh, as the judge said to us recently, we just are always trying to expose ourselves to people. And we get to learn a little bit about each other. Uh, Mike last week uh, nominated the Birth of a Nation movie just because mm-hmm. he loves all the messages and the characters. And I was a, That was a little disturbing. It was I weird. Thought. I like film history, okay? <laughs> and I'm not going to put today's rules on it. I like what I like. Man, they took that movie to the White House. Uh-huh. Like that movie was shown at the White House. Several presidents have listed it as like a foundational movie to Oh, them. when it came out. Yeah. I really thought you meant today. Oh, <laughs> n- not yet, Ryan. Well. Not yet, but you just wait. 
<laughs> when all that Stephen Miller stuff came out, that like he's not just he doesn't it's not just that he sounds like he's alt right. He's like straight up a racist nationalist. And there was just too much news, and so people <laughs> were just like, whatever. He doesn't have to leave the White House. We don't care. <laughs> just do what you can. Just put on Birth of a Nation again. But and they also said like, well, he's not the most racist there. Like yeah. he's probably. <laughs> <laughs> He's really helping to attenuate some of Trump's baser impulses. <laughs> well, that that's steered right into politics. Let's take it back to what's important to us, politics. Ryan, what do you want to see enshrined in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame? I gotta say, guys, this Hall of Fame covers all of pop culture. Yeah. But uh, musicians have had a really hard time it's getting in. It's been tough. Um, and... So many musicians have been nominated from our youth, uh, us, the three of us, like, growing up together, and they just haven't had what it takes. I figured out a musician. Um, Wait, I would, hang on, is it? Of course it is not. <laughs> Harry Belafonte's hit song, A.O., covered by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, there's one uh, hip-hop artist that I think is in the exact middle of all three of our Venn diagrams. Okay. Um, he has been a hero of ours forever. Greg, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that you and I were in a band just after high school, and we covered his song uh-huh. in the band. Uh, that hip-hop artist is MC Scat Cat, and I really don't know if there's another musical artist that is more important to the three of us as people. Than MC Scat Cat. Now, MC Scat Cat, of course, known for a lot of things. But probably chief among them um, is Opposites Attract. I would say he is the greatest devil's advocate of all time. No matter uh, what you say, he will argue that he enjoys the opposite of that. <laughs> uh, That's what won him over. He, he's, I think he's most well known for being like the, the biggest Seth Rogen of his generation. Of just like playing way outside his field and landing Paul Abdul. Absolutely, yes. And or uh, Pete Davidson. And I'm sure that like a lot of people talk about uh, sexual awakenings uh, related to Simba. Uh-huh. Or Robin Hood, but don't you think MC Scat Cat probably aw- awakened the sexualities of a the few hottest children? cat in animated history for C- sure? Certainly, my God, have you guys talked to ladies that are our age or a little bit older about Robin Hood? Oh, oh I don't. It's movie? crazy. They you need fucking waiters on to get through that slush. <laughs> that guy is a beefcake. Uh, that. Robin Hood taught some people just that they were sexual. Uh-huh. Taught some people what their sexual preference was, uh, like for gender. Taught some people their sexual preference for like animals. Uh-huh. <laughs> like a lot of awakenings took place all at the same time, thanks to Robin Hood. Swag, dude. Uh, much respect <laughs> to Robin Hood out there, straight killing the ladies. Uh, so Ryan, Robin Hood is your. I'm, I'm gonna do Robin Hood. <laughs> I'm gonna do Kevin Costner as Robin Hood. <laughs> Kevin Costner as Robin Hood. No, mine is Master of Ceremonies, Scatterick Catterick, MC Scat Cat. I just want to see that statue. Oh uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I hope it moves two steps forward, <laughs> but then it also moves two steps like back. Like it's a video game, and you have to open a door in a temple. <laughs> you have to move it to a square. Mike. Do you have someone as influential as MC Scat Cat? And by the way, Mike, before I, you go, um, I will not be. Uh, bringing my home MC Scat Cat statue to the Hall of Fame. We will be building a new one. Please continue. We have to build a new one. Oh, not very popular. But yours is carved out of some mystery material. Uh, I do. I think you can map out this person. If you listen to one, all of our podcasts, thank you. But you can hear us (laughs) gush more and more about this fellow. And I think specifically recently... It's not just we love him. We are realizing how much we love him. It's become meta-conversational about everything this dude's done. Uh, sure, we fell in love with him when he was just a restaurateur 
come UFC fighter dating Monica Geller on Friends. And then maybe we all wanted to say everybody was money baby because early influence and realized how fucking lame that was. But then fucking Johnny Fav Favreau decided to be like, oh, here's the best Star Wars thing in modern history. Oh, you want fucking live action Disney movies? Here's the good one. Oh, you want Iron Man motherfuckers? It's Tony Stark. It's Robert Downey Jr. You want Will Ferrell as an adult man raised by elves? Boom. Got you covered right yes. there. Elf. Just picking up the... I thought that was where you were going do you next. Want, do you want your idea for a movie to be as like gently, delicately, no decisions made, direct as possible? <laughs> you called Johnny Favs. And like I say that as a joke, but like at this point, after we talked about it a little bit before Mandalorian, but at this point... We have to uh, like say that like he might be good at his job. Yeah, dude. It used to just be he was one of those directors who made sure the camera was on. Yeah, and then was like, "All right, say the, the Ron Howard of our generation. Say the lines from the script. <laughs> we'll record them, and then that'll be a day." Uh, but so I think Ron Howard used to want to be the new Spielberg, uh, with the kinds of stories he told and do nothing. I think John Favreau is the clear like torch taker for telling like here's how you just tell a fucking. A to Z story. It doesn't have to go backwards, Christopher Nolan. It can just be like a well story, well told, where you care about the characters. I just wonder if does he he made Chef, and that mm-hmm. might be his Schindler's List. Does he have the the desire or the ability to tackle that like something that like actually even like Argo level important? Yeah. And does he does he have the desire? Yeah, that's the real question because he seems so. to just enjoy making fun movies so much. And he really is so good at it. I mean, this current crop of like pop culture movies, they may not be art or whatever, but they're certainly artfully pop culture. Like, I mean, they like, they're the best pop culture that we've had in a long time. I just think that when we go to call him this generation, Steven Spielberg, it, I love John Favreau. I really like what he's doing, but then it makes me think about why Spielberg was great, you know? And I need to see a little bit more from him. And Mandalorian is, it's a good start, but like the the thematic importance yeah. is still not there, you know. Yeah, maybe he should make a movie that doesn't have action figures associated with it. Right, but then the, no, I mean all I, I care. love my chef action figure. All I care. <laughs> you even got the uh, Sofia Vergara, and that one's so rare. <laughs> yeah, but you took it out of the package. Yeah, come on, dude. I what? wanted to play with it. It's Sofia Vergara. Yeah, you. Uh. <laughs> Boo, gross. All right, here's um, another chef's kiss. Well, that, I think, is a strong intro, but if there's something even more important to us than the works of John Favreau, the works of MC Scat Cat. <laughs> cool segment, guys. It, it would probably be something that we all enjoy listening to, something that informs us, something that entertains us, <laughs> you, something that no. we work hard on all the time. <laughs> I think what we need to put in our Hall of Fame is podcasts. Okay, this is a this is a full on I love lamp moment. Greg had nothing to nominate and looked around the room at the equipment in the studio. There's so many things around the room to look at that would not be podcasts. Uh, I but I invite you both to look at my notes. It does say podcast. My notes. <laughs> and not podcast. Uh. I don't love podcast. I love podcasts. You guys, where would we be? Could you imagine how ridiculous this would be if the three of us talking like this, if it weren't also a podcast? We used to do it. We would like go to coffee shops and just scream at each other yeah. about pop culture. 
But All now, right, ten minutes are up. We have to switch topics. <laughs> also, we had a bigger audience then than we do now. <laughs> the people in that coffee shop. But we made those people listen to us. They did, yeah. This people are choosing to listen to us. But it's I'm not just so our glad. podcast. I thought you were going to say movie of the year, and I was going to vomit. But no. <laughs> I guess I'm glad it's beyond right. that. It's podcasts, you guys. Well, it's time to vote. Let's this is, get yeah, this is a good one. Let's get to it. All right, MC Scat Cat. Ryan, do you vote for MC Scat Cat? I hold on. It's MC <laughs> Scat Cat, John Favreau, and Podcast. And I only get two votes, but I could have zero. Yeah. <laughs> I could just not you vote. You could for vote for nothing if you want to. Um I vote yes for MC Scat Cat. Mike. I want to be true to myself, and I don't want to just play the game. I vote yes for MC Scat Cat. <laughs> Listen, it's not that we think MC Scat Cat is the most important thing <laughs> in pop culture, but he was very important to us. And so, yes, of course, MC Scat Cat's right. going to be in our pop filter Hall of Fame. Also, based on that heartfelt speech, Mike, I think that when MC Scat Cat gets like, the Mark Twain Comedy Award, you should introduce him. <laughs> that was really heartfelt and good. <laughs> All right, so that is, that is, we've each used a vote. So now we each have one vote left. It has to be unanimous moving forward. John Favreau, Mike, do you vote for your own entry, Mr. John Favreau? Sometimes you just go in with a hard class. So no. Wow. Take that, John Favreau. Ryan, do you vote for John Favreau? Also, Greg, real quick, Mike would like to wonder if uh, I got a point for MC Scott. Oh, of course. I'm sorry, Mike. Ryan. That's Thanks, my bad. Mike. I um, I vote yes. You vote yes for John I Favreau. I vote yes, yes. Well, my vote is meaningless except for as a man of honor, I have to vote honorably. And I really do think I want John Favreau to be in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame, so I'm going to vote yes for John Favreau. <laughs> I feel like I've been hoodwinked somehow. <laughs> Mike, your own non-casting of a vote excludes your own pick, John Favreau. I, I read the room differently. <laughs> in a classic Mike mess around. Uh, podcasts, Mike, would you have voted for podcasts? Uh, I, li- I would not be who I am or with the people I'm with without podcasting. Much to everybody's chagrin. Ryan, if you had an extra vote and John Favreau didn't hoover yours up, no, <laughs> I think no. Uh, but since it can come up, like after we do 2019, we're going to do 2013. And so podcasts can come up again. If it does, Mike, you are in charge of designing the statue. Okay. For what? podcasts? Yeah. I know it was Greg's nominee, but like you, since you're all about it and you voted for it, uh, you have to design what that statue looks like. I is can it, do it. Is it just John Favreau, but from Crooked Media? The other John Favreau? Yeah, yeah. It's the other John Favreau, <laughs> but with Ira Glass's glasses. <laughs> Which is what we serve cocktails in at our Pop Filter Hall of Fame bar. Well, as you can see, listeners, it's very hard to get in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame, which is why the only person we had get in this time was MC Scat Cat, of course. Uh, Well, the tram is only one way, so we're going to have to walk back to the studio. But while we do, why don't you stick around for this next segment? Comparing and contrasting the United States and China is very important to this movie. Regardless of which country wins, how does the movie do at setting the stage for the conversation? 
I think it sets the stage so well, and it's like a good hook, even if it is a, a Chinese movie, for everybody pointing out in the movie how American Billy is. Uh-huh. And her pointing out how she's not, like, she truly doesn't feel comfortable in either place. Yeah. And, and putting that weight on one character's shoulders right. and the main character's shoulders, I think, is super important and smart and gets away with, because she doesn't want to be one or the other. It makes it so the movie's not saying, it's better to be American, or it's better to be Chinese. Uh-huh. Like, Everything is hard. That's what this movie says. Everything is hard no matter where you're from. <laughs> and we get that a lot with generation conversations. Like a lot of generations will have this conversation. You're worse. I'm better. Uh, but it just everybody is equally bad and good. This movie has that but then also brings in the country conversation as well. Mm-hmm. And I think what like the master stroke of this movie is is that uh, Lulu Wang understood that her idea is good. Like that, that story that she has is uh-huh. awesome. <laughs> But if she sold it to Paramount uh, and Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey were going through this, there'd be so many twists and turns and bad guys and, like, uh, you know, somebody falls in a well and can't handle that. <laughs> uh, but instead of doing that, what we're going to do is we're going to stretch this, uh, this idea over, you know, 90 minutes and then just have conversations. And so what I get to do yeah. is I get to have people talk while this absurd thing slowly plays out. And so I think that, like... Uh, you know, like how Mitch Hedberg's joke about how cakes are just like uh, candle holders. You know, like <laughs> that the perfect—that's what it is. Is that like the the idea is this cake, but really it's the candles throughout that uh, all the conversations that like we get right. to hear. And there's clearly no winner about any of the conversations. No, it's just slow played conversations. Everybody is just saying nonsense about like when they're like comparing America. America is not a place that just hands the keys to the church to everybody. And China uh-huh. is definitely not the place where you just reach down on the ground and pick up a million dollars. So the conversations they're having are just like when you're a kid and you talk about whose dad could beat up who else's dad. Right, like, exactly. They're just they're childish conversations. And what I appreciate about the movie is that it because it is set in China, it is about how some parts of Chinese culture are ridiculous, but it portrays them very much as just being ridiculous in a human way. Right. People mm-hmm. are so flipping absurd and Uh everything we do is absolutely absurd it's more obvious when you're an american and you're watching stuff go down in china but all this stuff plays back on how deeply weird and twisted and broken america is as well yeah well it's like anytime a religious person sees another religion they're like they believe 70 virgins that's crazy it's like you worship a baby (laughs) like (laughs) so you're talking about baby yoda here Baby Yoda. You worship Baby Yoda. (laughs) Baby Yoda died for your sins. I have Baby Yoda as the wallpaper on my computer right now. (laughs) And sometimes I'm like closing the internet and Baby Yoda's staring at me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Baby Yoda. (laughs) I just like you have that. Like, so now you'll pull up your phone to do nothing. Just look at your wallpaper. Just admire the background. Just because Baby Yoda's there. Uh, I think that the church conversation. So they're at dinner and there is this uh, like dope-ass, slow-moving Lazy Susan with all this food that is in the foreground. I want it it so bad. And so often in this movie, food is in the foreground, right? It's this thing that like, and we can tell that Billy's an outsider because she rarely eats where if you're, you know, down and Chinese and family, then food is such a big part about every hangout. Uh But we have this Lazy Susan moving around. And they, uh, we get into like a sort of a catty fight about America versus China. And it's, let's say, Billy's aunt versus Billy's mom. And they talk about this church that uh, they were given the keys to so Billy could come in and play piano. And that's a story that like is supposed to represent America. Here's what yeah. America is. You just get the keys to the castle. and That's the America of like 
as it's being represented in like 2016. Right, exactly, yes. <laughs> and Billy, who is an outsider no matter what, wherever she goes, America or China, she is an outsider, um, is definitely American, right? That's how she probably feels, and that's how definitely people think about her. But still, she cannot let that conversation go on without saying, that's not how all of America is. Yeah. You know? And so she does sort of play devil's advocate in that, like, your guys' stupid, like, bullshit catty fight is not worth lying right now and not worth, like, uh, one-upping each other. Just, like, everybody shut the fuck up, you know? Yeah. Well, because that, that, that's, like, a generational and a cultural stance because it, it does feel, just based on this movie and, and other movies, very Chinese to do the one-up, one-up, one-up. And Billy's just like, all of that is bullshit. What if we just talk about everything that's good and bad about both countries? Right. And everybody's like, no, we don't want to do that. Like, so it's it's not just devil's advocating to keep a fight going. She's trying to say, you're all full of shit. But like, I mean, at a certain point, it becomes a roast battle. And like the <laughs> the the aunt is sending her like is saying that China is the best and you can make a million dollars no matter what. Uh, if you invent the the jump to conclusions, Matt, you will make the one million dollars. <laughs> guy made a million dollars. Right. But Billy's mom will not let it drop. You're sending your kid to, ch- uh, to America to go to college. And then the conversation dies. And then Billy's mom is like, but, you know, you are sending yeah. your kid to, uh, to America to go to college. Like, yeah, dude. It's, it's just a war of words. This lady is in the bag for America because that's how she built her entire life. And she mostly what it is is she feels very guilty that she and the husband, who is the son of uh nai nai right that they went together to america and that's a heartbreaking theme that replays all throughout this movie which is just that families fucking move apart from each other and it's emotionally very difficult like you have this little baby and this baby grows up and one day moves to america like eight thousand miles away how do you do that as like nai nai like how do you like that must be so difficult uh billy's dad's brother billy's uncle um Billy's uncle and Billy's dad are they seem very close. They get drunk together. They like they bit together. Like yeah. there is this rapport. But Billy's uncle also won't let an opportunity drop to say that I didn't leave China and I was just with my mom and my family the entire <laughs> time. You know, like that's that's a bragging moment for him. Yeah. And they say at another point that they both had not been in China at the same time for the last twenty five years. Five years. Yeah, because that's what's even more fucked up in Family Ill is he did leave. He just went to Japan, which is yeah. far, but cl- way closer than America. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think they have a sister. Like, it's, it's a hard trying to figure It's a big cast figure out who's related to who. And they don't and hold your hand woman. with that. They don't, like, yeah. spoon feed you who everybody is. Right. But there's one woman who did stay and took care of it, and she kind of just rolls her eyes when the brothers are arguing who lived farther, and she's like, I've just been here the whole fucking time. <laughs> like- the, the theme of the amount of self-sacrifice that, the, that some of the Chinese relatives make for one another, the whole idea that Nai Nai's sister doesn't live with her husband and instead lives with and takes care of her big sister. That's a big one, is that Americans are selfish because they move and do whatever they want outside of family, but then uh, the Chinese sort of like, overly dedicate their life you know yeah. and which one is right they're both wrong yeah, yeah. find some sort of balance right. blah 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 Here's but yeah how i movies mean work. it really 100% show just that people are so so absurd like everything they do is just a bunch of people trying to figure out how to make some sense of a world that is absolutely bonkers and doing such a bad job and like the reason to go see the farewell like the reason that it's awesome uh, i would say number 1 is uh, you will find yourself saying Oh, that's my family. More than you will say. Oh, that's weird because they're from a different country. Oh, yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. w- 
these commonalities, like they, there's no boundaries it's, for these. It's only the very, very surface things that are different at all. You know, mm-hmm. they have a different way of doing weddings. They right. have a different way. But besides that, it's absolutely 100% still the same emotions. It's still a matriarch same, yeah. in charge and everybody like uh, is hiding their emotions and lying about everything. Yeah, lying so much that it's crazy. And that's what's great about this <clears throat> being like a smaller A24 movie versus like if Fox Searchlight tried to put it out, is that would really hammer home, like, see how we're all the same with annoying fucking speeches. And yeah. this just lets yeah, it. There'd be a Rod Stewart song out. that, like, where he's just singing about <laughs> the exact things you're seeing on screen. Speed round. All right. We are out of time, so we have to get to a speed round. We hit on this briefly, but. Dude, how crazy would it be for that fake bride? Are they really get? Are they really married? Are they like husband and wife now? Well, all you have to do is uh, hire someone who did not go online and get yeah, their, right, like priest degree or whatever it is, or just like do the cross the fingers in the back. But like, <laughs> oh, that's legally binding. How now? did she get talked into this? I yeah, Mike, do you have yours? Do you have your priest degree? Yeah, I have my priest degree. I went to seminary, <laughs> so we, we cannot fake wedding with Mike up at the altar. Like, yeah, that that's means no, that you, we're you actually be... married. It's a prank I do all the time. It's like, you guys want to get fake married? And then I go, ha, real married, bitches. <laughs> and that, it's so crazy that, like, this very cra- big legal binding thing can just, like, if we say the wrong words around Mike, Greg, that's it for us. Like, you and I are married. Mm-hmm. And Well, then I also have to trick you to signing the stuff. And again, the idea in this movie, the way it's done, as it's nobody knows that it's a fake wedding. There's like a handful of people who know that it's not a real wedding. And like seriously, there's 150 people uh-huh. who like go to China or travel from far away in China just to come to this fake thing. Not using it as a goodbye to the grandma. But like, oh, here's another wedding that we have to go to. And that's why, yeah, exactly. They don't even know that they're supposed to say farewell. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's why it's such a good point, Ryan, you had about it being like a cake into which you just set these candles. Because like that's so delicious that you don't have to garnish it that much, you know? You just put flaming wax on the top. Uh, Speaking of the wedding, is there a more depressing pop culture wedding than this? Uh, The first thing that comes to mind is not a wedding, but a dinner before. It's Rachel getting married. It's Anne Hathaway's uh, meltdown toast. That is, like, I threw up in the theater watching that. (laughs) That was awful. (laughs) She calls herself Shiva the Destroyer, which makes you eye roll, and then she becomes Shiva the Destroyer the rest of that toast. But typically... uh, I think about that all of the time. Typically, uh, terrible pop culture weddings are so comically terrible that it's fine. We have literally seen worse toasts than that, though. In our real life? Yeah. 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 We have for sure seen worse than Just that. that sweaty friend who goes, I guess I'll give one one minute before. And you're like, you don't have to. Stop it. Why did the I guess I'll give it? Why does that happen? Why does somebody but, decide not to do it for months and then at the last second decide to do it? Because their natural talent the, the, will carry them through. <laughs> the pressure of the eyes. But, so I've been to a, a, like, a pretty traditional Chinese wedding. And now I like the movie put it in context for me because I thought it was these people are weirdos. And it's just an ongoing set of bad toasts. I think that's just Chinese tradition. Get yeah. up if you want, but it, like I think, and you it might does not feel like an American. You might not do a toast. You might do a, like a music number. Two uh-huh. two people. Oh, yeah. Two people just fucking did a yeah. dance. They just did a dance. They weren't even lip syncing. <laughs> they just did a dance. Also, I didn't know that was an option. I'm doing that from now on. <laughs> Here's what you can also do if you did not prep for anything. Uh, I love the couple. I love them together. Congratulations. Yeah. And sit the fuck down. Yeah, peace out. The the less you prepared, the longer your toast is. Why is that? H- has. Like, honestly, have you ever heard a toast that was too short? It's also crazy to me because no. every time I'm asked to give a toast, I, like, have a mental breakdown. Uh-huh. Like, my anxiety just goes, and I spend so much time on it. And these motherfuckers think that they can just get up and give one. <laughs> just, or Stupid do a dance, asshole. you jerks. 
Uh, okay, so that big rainbow structure that they went by several times, I kept going back and forth. Was that really cool or tacky or both? Oh, I love I I love the acting in the backseat, the graduate ending of the two actresses, but also I love the camera pointing outside because everything in that area looks cool. It's like where we live, but slightly different, and it was really interesting to look at. The rainbows look awesome to me, but they also look like they built them 40 years ago and have uh, not been maintaining them. Why not? Mm-hmm. That's a cool structure. Like like that McDonald's in Downey. <laughs> that place is dirty. Come on, Downey. It used McDonald's. to be awesome. Get your stuff together. Right. Um, tag yourself in the drinking game from the reception. So I will go first. I am the um, Japanese bride who doesn't understand the rules. And so because she's, even though she loses every time. Everybody just lets it Nobody makes her drink. That's me. (laughs) Uh, I will be the guy next to the groom who, no matter what happens, I'm pointing at the groom and saying, oh, motherfucker, (laughs) you got a drink. They're going to kill that dude. (laughs) dude. They're going to, they absolutely (laughs) killed that guy. And also, that, I, that, I like I, in a drinking game. I become a uh, police force. Like, uh-huh. I, like I grab a baton. I'm like, you. Everyone has to drink when they're supposed to drink. It lines up, that, Ryan, that you're the guy next to the groom because I feel very much like the groom, where I think I'm great at the game and understand it, and just keep fucking losing and have to drink until. And then it's my fault that I took my pants off and shit all over <laughs> somebody else's refrigerator. Uh, Not in, but all over. <laughs> all over. One last thing uh, I want to talk about in this speed round, which is. This is a movie about China, and these are very polarized times with China. Um, I thought what this movie did is strive to be apolitical and achieve that, if that is something that can actually happen in our current state. And I think the way it achieved that is by highlighting the Chinese people and not the Chinese government. Yes. But is there any level on which we feel um, like it's inappropriate not to bring up the fact that Chinese right like that 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 China's having a moment right now, especially with Hong Kong or any of that. Yeah. The whole time I was like, fucking tariffs screwing over our farmers. This is horse <laughs> shit. Well, you were sitting in a pile of horse shit, so you're just being accurate. Um, as of this recording, we are in Watchmen HBO fever. Uh-huh. And Watchmen is like doing a lot of stuff about our like current society and political. You don't have to. I love that it is, and like I'm rethinking everything I think because of the show. But there's also other shows that don't have to. There's so many Chinese people who aren't. Uh, I I love fascism. Fuck Hong Kong. Fuck uh, Daryl Morey. You know, like there's so many people just living their lives, yeah. and we need their stories. Just like if you were to do a story about Americans right now, it's not all MAGA or anti MAGA the entire time. Yeah, I I feel like yeah. so often regular folks are pitted against each other because they happen Mm -hmm. to be from one country or the other. And I think it is fair that this movie is not about people who are politically inclined. And so it's not about politics. And I mean, it, and uh, it's, it's that, it's that hidden, this is how you make rural Americans who don't care about China in that way. Care is like, Oh, they're people. (laughs) Like it is that like, (laughs) remember how they're just people. Like, I, I think that's super important. And the more you overtly politicize something, the, the less, oh, they're just people goes. The yeah, vast sure. majority of people in America and China and, uh, I don't know, like uh, North Korea, South Korea. Russia. Russia. All these people just have normal-ass lives yeah. where they're not freaking out every day about this side or this side, you know? Yeah. And it's nice to be in touch with that and not just, like, we're all some part of weird teams where we don't even really agree with people who are on our team anyway. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to tabulate these scores. When we come back, I will give you a winner, and then we'll talk about how we think Farewell is going to stack up against the uh, other 2019 movies right on the other side of this break. 
I have tabulated the scores and I put them into my skadoosh machine. Skadoosh. And I now have the results. Mike, you scored 23 points, buddy. That's okay. That's okay. 23 but, skadoosh. But Ryan, 23 skadooshed it up. But Ryan, you scored 28. All right. And so you are the farewell king. <sighs> and that will be your title henceforth. And also, of course, you will be best friend. But as we look ahead to the other shows about 2019 movies, how do you think Farewell stacks up against them? I think it is going to be just like it was in the theaters. It's going to be a little sleeper hit. I think once we know what the bracket is, we're going to argue, and then it's going to be Farewell versus whatever, and we're like, oh, oh, it's the fucking Farewell. Like I think it has a lot of punch power. And it's quiet little story. We haven't even seen a lot of the movies that might make the bracket. Yeah, like, that's we have not crazy. seen Irishman. We have not seen Marriage Story. But um, we hear through the ether that these are like amazing movies, right? Right. Both of those. But I, what I'm concerned about, and by like concern, I mean like hopeful. Like I'm, I don't actually care about any of this. Uh, is that <laughs> um, they're going to be great, and we're going to love them and appreciate them? But are they the farewell? Like, that's... is this movie the assassin that comes around and just shivs everyone to the top? I personally feel so warmly to this movie like this movie i like more than a lot of the movies we've watched for all of the seasons of movie of the year and not just from a technical standpoint but this movie has so much warmth and heart and soul to it that you just feel very positively about it and i wonder how much that will help if something is you know like the irishman i could see being like precise and great but maybe not having quite the love and warmth in it right this does you know um is 2019 a good year for movies? I feel like maybe it is. is I think literally crazy? every year is a good year. I think that there's no bad year. If you choose like eight movies, right. you're going to yeah, see Those eight. are eight great yeah. movies. <laughs> and I think that 2019's eighth best can compete with any other year's eighth best. Yeah. I we just and I guess this show is kind of about this, but like pop culture by and large just kind of focuses on the wrong movies. And I'm not saying the Marvel movies. Those are good movies. We should focus on those as well. Green books. But it's the green books of the world. It's yeah. like they're, they're making a movie almost as good as Farewell several times a year. And nobody knows what they're even fucking called. I mean, like, can, like think about how uh, Green Book had a conversation about culture versus culture and then the Farewell. And, like, they should not both be called movies. Yeah. Like, they, they shouldn't be in the same, not genre, but medium. Yeah. Green Book is like a, a trashy TV show. Compared to this, the, the pinnacle of art. Well, I guess we think that it's probably going to do pretty well. Uh, but that's why we do the shows, guys. Because you can't tell ahead of time. It gets wild and wacky out there. It's also hard because of Adam Driver. Like, uh, four of his movies are going to make the top four. Yeah. So what do we do with that, you know? Maybe they should have taken some of the notes. I mean, if our... And put in some more white people, like Adam Driver. <laughs> As Aquafina. <laughs> Just walk by in the back. Uh-huh. If our 2019... Uh, Final is Noah Baumbach's Marriage Story versus Rise of Skywalker. Is that going to surprise anyone? <laughs> Those two Adam Driver joints. <laughs> These guys have very weird, peculiar tastes. <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan, you are the winner. Yes. Uh, so, Mike, do me a favor. Let's both of us get on out of here. And um, if you can just do whatever you want with your time as winner of the show, Ryan. Thank you very much. Walk, 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 walk. I'm going to cozy up to the bar, and I'm going to make myself a drink. Oh, hello there, audience. I didn't see you there. Uh, I'm going to pour myself a cocktail, and uh, I'm going to talk about... No, I'm not going to talk about... Uh, hell, hello, yes. 
that it was my decision to only wear a diaper right now, and I appreciate your reaction. Um, here to, and look at this bar, here to, uh, let's say, talk about uh, websites we like is the one, the only, Captain Morgan. It's me, Captain Morgan. How are you? You did it. And uh, I see that you are putting one foot on everything in the room. That's how we do it. That's how they do it over here at Captain Morgan. You're just it has nothing to things. do with my one leg that's medically shorter than the other. So it's not a peg leg. It's uh, it's just short. So you're like half an ET then. It's just I'm um, one half ET, one half pirate, all sexual energy. By the way, Captain Morgan, I heard a joke. Uh, ET is the abbreviation of what term? Extra two term. short legs. <laughs> two short legs. <laughs> Do you like that? Uh, you know, if I had two short legs, uh-huh. I'd, they'd be the same size because I've got the one leg shorter than the other. Would you rather have two short peg legs or two normal human legs? I'd want two bionic legs. Two bionic legs. Yeah. But doesn't that make it unfair for the rest of the pirates? I want those cool blade legs that that guy that killed his girlfriend had. Remember that? He ran around the track and we loved him. And then it turned out that he shot his girlfriend to death. I love hearing a story where we're like, oh, he has bionic legs. And this is probably the last time we will ever hear from this person. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And the websites <laughs> that I'm talking about are uh, yarpopfilter.com, where you find all the great material these guys put out all the time. And then, of course, amazon.com slash yarpopfilter, where you can shop just like regular Amazon for your peg legs and blade legs and all such. And all your leg needs. These guys get a couple of doubloons out of your purchase. And... Uh, when we get the doubloons, we're not going to spend them on things we like. We're just going to bury them, I guess, right? <laughs> well, I guess you could do it. You could do it any way you want. Bury them under a big X, and then later you can take your same friends and go uncover them. Wait, they don't bury and then draw the X? They find Xs? God, you have to find the big X to put the treasure. It's a pirate's secret. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Sometimes Morgan. you get halfway down. There's more treasure in there. You're like, ah, crab apples. <laughs> Good pirate phrase. Here to tell us about... Uh, our other podcast is the one, the only Jack Daniels. Hold on, how, how, how are you doing today, <laughs> Jack? You have let yourself go. I have noticed. Well, I mean, we drink just fucking alcoholic corn syrup for years. It's, <laughs> it's I'm sorry, a hard life. Alcoholic horse syrup, and do you mean uh, for horses or made with horses? Well, you don't want to know. You know what I'll say? Half a dozen of the others. Baker's dozen in one hand. What food do you All eat? right. What food do you I Mostly corn mash. <laughs> so, I like. Scoop it right out of the still before it turns to booze. <laughs> do they get pissed off about that? Nah, I mean, they. I sold them my name rights. They sold me their corn rights. And you said that I, not only do you only eat corn mash, but you do a dance called the corn mash. Can we see that now? Yeah, you, you put your. Left foot in. in. You put your left foot out. You mash up some corn. Oh, I, you have the gout. On your butt. <laughs> yeah, well, your corn and booze is straight to the gout. Cream corn. It'll do it. Now, uh, your gout has gangrene. Is that a normal situation? No, that's uh, you, you had to really pay extra for that one. You paid extra money to have that <laughs> yeah. situation. Yeah, it's 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 pretty high end, top one percent gangrene gout. Uh, I'm going to ask you to tell us about some podcasts, and I do not want you to say random ones. I specifically mean superhero <laughs> hour hour in the OCD. Okay. Oh I, yeah, it feels like uh, you got my number. Yeah, I got. I get how this bit goes. <laughs> number seven. Uh, so, pop filter podcast is what you want. Yes, please. Current. Yes, current. current. No, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tell us about Netflix. <laughs> Some of the ones from they the vault. Find all the best movies on Netflix. So you're gonna listen. This is which one is this movie of the year? You're gonna 
listen to superhero hour every week they talk about all the movies tv shows basic comic books and the skinny one likes to say comic book properties and then you're gonna turn left and listen right to the ocd where these california boys talk about the best coast uh, the show the oc <laughs> thank you so much all right go see a doctor please uh here to tell us about our social media is the one the only zima Hey, it's me, Zima. Hey, Hello. Zima, how are you? Hello, I got a little something for you. What is what? Zump, do you do that thing where you change oh, S's disease? Well, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> it comes with it comes with the pterosaur. So we, you have to tell us about social media. Am social I doing that right? media. If you love social media the way I do, zesty, <laughs> effervescent, then you're gonna want to go over to Twitter and look for your pop filter. Dot Sham. Mm-hmm. Zom. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Just at your pop filter. And then also, that's what you do on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Instagram. Because <laughs> of Zima. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll Z myself out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I can't believe how much I wanted somebody to stay so much longer and leave so much quicker. <laughs> Zima's weird. <laughs> Mike, come back up here. Oh, what? Did you meet Zima? Mike? Mike asked Mike? Yeah. Mike, did you meet Zima? Yeah. What do you think? They were... I'm intrigued. Shut up. Go away. Here to tell us about uh, how to contact us is the one, the only, Natty Eyes. Hey, y'all boys. How y'all doing today? Jesus. You ready to get crunked? <laughs> Natty Eyes, yes. We're ready to get crunked. You ever just make a tower, see how much you can throw your friend through that tower? You don't have to put the megaphone against my ear. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, no. it's, I, I have, you know that disease where you uh, don't give a shit about other people's feelings? <laughs> yeah. I got that, so I'm never going to talk quieter. White maleness? Yes, I've heard yeah, about Oh, that. yeah, you know Natty Ice is Natty White. <laughs> cool. Uh, you're a white natty Is that what you are? <laughs> yeah, we say that around the... I oh, hate how that. you laughed at that. Like It's just a normal thing that you totally are. <laughs> Uh, Natty Ice, you are $5 for a 12-pack. Do you want to explain that? <laughs> I, I just like good deals. People like good deals. Just take me. <laughs> just take you. Here, the, take this $5. Now drink me. The lonely orphan of the beer line. <laughs> uh, Natty Ice, we there's ways to get in touch with us. And yeah, I sure. want you, if you could, I want people to actually email us. So please be different than you are when you're telling people about this. Like, All right. Be like your dad. How does your dad talk? Oh, naturalize? Yes, senior. <laughs> <clears throat> well, if you want to email them, you can email contact at yourpopfilter.com. Any questions? Did you hate the farewell? Explain yourself and yell at them via email contact at yourpopfilter.com. I'm so nervous why Natty Eyes Senior hated the farewell. <laughs> oh, bet. man, I, we don't get into it Thanksgiving. We're not <laughs> talking about that at all. That's good. Greg! Yes, I'm back. Oh, that was a nightmare. What? <laughs> really? Yeah. That, I met Zima back there. They were very interesting. What did you think of the two of them that talked at the same time? <laughs> the, synchronization? I I don't. They're, you know what? They seem like good people. Uh-huh. They seem effervescent. Oh, they, you're, that, that's their pronouns. Yeah. Right? There's not two Zima people. No, that's I apologize. It was just. Which is weird because I looked right at them. And but you would think that. Tell that, yeah. You would know. But they move a lot. Right, they're yeah. They're very active. Uh, well, let's get off of that. Um, so that's it for our show by the farewell. Ryan, what show are we? Do you remember what movie we're doing next week? What are you guys hoping for? The board has not said it, but like, what do you think that we need to prep for before uh, our 2019 bracket? I really, really want to see Booksmart again because when I saw that movie, I was like, 
hands down that there's not going to be a better movie than this this year. And you saw it with all the lesbian scenes cut because you only watch movies on planes. That's your <laughs> thing. <laughs> It's uh, an expensive ha- habit, but <laughs> it's mine. It's gonna fly to Sacramento. <laughs> um, I yeah, I'm excited for that. I think that us, we should probably talk about. Yeah, nobody's talking about it anymore. Mike, what do you think? Mike, come back up here. Oh, sorry. I was. I was. There's some characters downstairs, and some of them have uh, extreme and loud views. <laughs> uh, but uh, I. I haven't heard great things, but uh, I am the zombie freak I am, and Jarmusch makes interesting moves. And so the last movie I saw by Jim Jarmusch was about Adam Driver being a quiet bus pilot, and I would love to see this guy's take on a zombie comedy. He was a bus poet. Yeah, the bus pilot's a bus poet. It wasn't the magic school bus. It did not fly. Um, yeah, I don't know yet, uh, but there's so many movies that like I wish that we could do 2019 for the next 52 weeks, like I think about every year. you know. But we just can't. But no, we cannot. We are not allowed to. We'll do it for one more week and then probably some more after that, but that's it. (laughs) That's all you get. Well, stay tuned for that. See what movie we will pick and talk about and dissect and maybe loved. But until then, guys, keep watching them movies. 